That's pretty sweet. But I know what you're thinking. Christmas is over, right? Why are we showing a Christmas video? You know, little drummer boy, right? 94.1 has quit playing Christmas music. That's done and over with, right? They have they, I mean, like midnight, you know, December 25th, they're done, right? They have no like, well, maybe, you know, till the end of December, nothing. Christmas is over, right? You start tearing down the Christmas tree. You start getting the decorations down. You're ripping the lights off the house. You know, at this point, when you put your lights up at the beginning of December, you're like, this is so awesome. I love Christmas. I'm so happy. This time you're like, Whose idea was it to put lights on the house, right? You know, how many staples do we need to put lights up on the house, right? And so Christmas comes to an end, and it's like, it's, it's just over. You know, Christmas just kind of has this just dead stop. It's just, it's done, it's over, the decorations. We don't fade it out a little bit. It's just over. Uh, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. One of the reasons that I love Christmas is because what Christmas does is it reminds us of Jesus, right? You can't help but be reminded of Jesus throughout Christmas, right? Christmas songs. Uh, it doesn't matter the store. It doesn't matter the place. If you play Christmas music, you're going to hear a song about Jesus, right? Little drummer boy. What's that about? That's about him playing his drum for baby Jesus. I love the part where he says, then he smiled at me. They're talking about baby Jesus, little baby in the manger, smiling. I don't know if that really happened, but that'd be pretty sweet if it did, right? He smiled at me, right? And, and I love that because, you know, all the music, the decorations, you know, you can Google all of that, the, you know, trees and lights and all that different things and, and things that they can represent uh, towards Christ. I mean, obviously at Christmas Eve, if you were with us over at the high school auditorium, we did a candlelight and we light candles and we sing, you know, silent night. And the reason we do that is because Jesus is the light of the world, right? When he was born, what marked his birth, but a giant star, right? A giant burning, burning ball of star up in the sky because Jesus is light. And so throughout Christmas, throughout this season, we're constantly reminded of Jesus, I mean, people literally put signs in their yard that say he's the reason for the season, right? You see this stuff all over, and it reminds us of Jesus, and that's one of the reasons I love it. But December 26 rolls around, and boom, it's done. The magic's over. Put it all up. You go back to normal music, right, on the radio, normal music back in the stores. Everybody starts ripping the lights down. Uh, you know, you throw your tree out in your front yard, right? You throw your lights in a box and put them uh, up on some shelf in a back room, and that's all over with. And I want to talk to you this morning, I'm going to give you four things that we can do to hold on to the excitement and the joy of Christmas, right? A lot of times during the Christmas season, now I know, I know for some of us, Christmas may be a really hard time. Uh, Christmas may be a, a, a tough time, a time of, you know, just kind of pain, tears, especially if you've lost loved ones uh, and, and, and recently or even in years past, and they're not here to be with you, and it can be very tough. But at the same time, Christmas can be very joyful. It can be very exciting. Family gets together. You know, you cook great meals. Uh, you do all this awesome stuff to come together to celebrate Christmas. And so it can be a very good time. And then as we move out throughout our year, we can kind of lose that excitement and lose that joy. And that joy should all come from Jesus. Right? The greatest day in human history was when Jesus was born. There would be no death, burial, and resurrection if he was never born. And that is the greatest day in human history is that night that Jesus was born, that God became flesh, that the word became flesh to save you. And so we're going to talk about some things, how we can hold on to that. But before we do, I just want you to bow your heads and uh, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that as we get into your word, that it's not me 
speaking, but Father, it's you. Father, I pray that you would speak through me, that we would hear your, your words, that our hearts, our eyes, and our ears would be open and ready to receive what you have for us, Father God. And I pray that I would be moved to the back, and Jesus, we would only see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Megan, would you hand me a bottle of water, please? Thank you. So like I said, we're going to talk about four things that we can do to hang on to that joy. Uh, Number one is don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, One of the things that happens after Christmas is just life goes back to normal. You're back to work. Uh, kids, you know, start getting ready to go back to school, uh, and the daily life just sets in, right? No more turkey and dressing. Now it's Hungry Man TV dinners in the microwave, right? You know, it's just like all, all of that is over. And so one of the number one things that you can do is not worry. Now, I know that Christmas can be stressful. I know that trying to decide whether you want to do a turkey, a ham, or a ribeye, or tamales is a tough decision to make. Right? Does anybody have tamales in the, in the holidays? Anybody? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people do. That must be, must be a thing. We had them uh, this year, and they were, they were amazing. Uh, and so the worry that we experience during the holidays, I'm talking about a different type of worry that you experience in your day-to-day life. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, you know, what should I buy, you know, my 13-year-old son? He's got an Xbox, a PlayStation 4, and a flat-screen TV. What do we do this year? Uh, I'm talking about kind of those worries about life, those worries about how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to pay these medical bills? How are we going to make the house payment? Well, you know, uh, we don't have enough money for this. How are we going to make this happen? How are we going to make this happen? Those deep worries uh, that can keep you up at night. That's what I'm talking about this morning and not to worry about those things. I want to read you a verse. This is Luke 12, 22 through 26. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, so Jesus turns to his disciples and he begins to talk. He says, that's why, that is why, I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food in your body, more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant a harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And they are far more valuable, you know, you're far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And I just love the simplicity of this. I mean, it's not some grand, you know, philosophical thing. I mean, he's like, don't worry. He's like, can you see the birds, right? You ever, you ever go out in the backyard and you're like, man, them birds are building barns again, right? Go shoot them birds, they're building barns, storing up full of grain. No, they don't do that. They just eat and they know there's going to be food tomorrow. And I love how he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear, right? Because your body's more than clothing. What Jesus is talking about is you move from a place of where you worry about everything to you trust God about everything. And it's one of the toughest things you do because we are all professional worriers. You do it and you don't even know it. You're in a constant state of worry. You're in a constant state of stress. See, I believe with all my heart that your body was not built to handle stress. That was not God's plan. Right? And that's why we have all, the, I believe, all the diseases we have and all the problems we have because of stress. Right? Because our body's not designed to handle stress. There will be no stress in heaven. When God renews the earth, there will be no stress. You won't even know what it's like 
when you, when you, when you get to the other side, you're not going to know how to, to, to handle it because of that. And so one of the things is, is we, we can't worry. We have to trust God. And that, that can be a tough thing to do. When you get an unexpected bill, maybe, uh, you, you know, when a check that was supposed to come through doesn't come through, maybe you're doing, an, you know, some extra work and you didn't get paid what you think you were going to get paid, something just doesn't pan out, and we begin to worry. We begin to think, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this happen? How is this going to work? How is that going to work? And we know according to the Word, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Right? Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And you'll get to a place where your peace is so settled in your heart, you have such a trust in God that even when the world is burning around you, right, you still hold on to that peace. You still hold on to that excitement about Jesus because you're not worried. Because you know that God's going to take care of you. I love it. He says, if God's going to take care of the birds, don't you think he'll take care of you? He cares a lot more about you than he does the birds. And so number one, is don't worry. Number two is remember that Jesus is a gift. Remember that Jesus is a gift. I think one of the most terrible things that's happened in Christianity is the, uh, how would I word this? The tear down or the loss of effect of John 3.16. We've all heard that verse so much. You learned it in kids' ministry. You learned it in Sunday school. Your kids know it, right? Your dog knows John 3.16. Right? And so everybody knows that verse. And so, you know, we think, in a sense, we say it doesn't matter. Oh, John 3, 16. When in actuality, it's the greatest verse in the Bible. That God so loved the world, that he would give his only son. So that you don't have to die, but you can have everlasting life. And, And think about if that could realistically settle down into your heart, into your life. You would live completely different. If you understood that Jesus came to the earth for you. See, I think the mistake that the writers of John 3.16, I'm not going to, you know, I know you're thinking, God, you're criticizing John 3.16. But for God so loved the world. We hear world, we're like, God, God just loves everybody. And he does. God does love everybody. But there's only a certain group of people, and that's the people that accept Jesus Christ that are going to get to heaven, that are a part of God's family. Everybody else who doesn't believe is not a part of God's family. He wants them to be a part, but that's their decision. That's your decision, right? And so you have to hold on to that that you are allowed to be a part of his family, that because of Jesus, we are welcomed in. The Bible says that I can go boldly before the throne of God, right? Before the throne of grace because of of what Jesus has done. So I want you to remember that he's a, a gift, And Christmas is a reminder that the greatest day in human history is the birth of Jesus. Romans 5.12, I want to read this to you. When Adam's sin, sin entered the world, Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. I know you think you're a really good person. You know, you really try, right? I really try to be good. But the Bible says in Romans 5.12 that when Adam sinned, now notice it doesn't say when Eve sinned, But when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. When you were born into the world, you were born into sin. Sin's like a disease. It's like a virus. It's spread all over everything. The minute you come out of your mother's womb, you are infected by it. doesn't matter if uh, you're a good baby. You're a bad baby. The only baby that is not affected is my baby because she's an angel. But all your kids, you know, no, 
That's terrible. But what I want you to understand is that we were all affected by sin. All of us. There's nothing you could have done. There's no ritual. There's no memorizing the Bible. There's no being a perfect person, being a monk on some island, right, giving all your money away that could have got you into heaven because sin spread to everyone. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think one of the biggest mistakes we make is we just, oh, that's, that's so awesome. Right, I was going to die because of sin, right? Come live with my kids and you wish you'd die, right? <laughs> right? But the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, right? And the free gift of eternal life. And I think if you could just like let that settle into your heart, that this is not the end. Listen to me very, very, very closely. This is not all there is. This is a very small part of your life. You know how when you're in, in some of the, you, it's farther than others, but when you're in junior high and you think about it as a sixth grader, my gosh, I've got, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, you know, before I graduate. And then before you know it, you're standing in that hallway with your cap and gown and you think, God, where'd all that time go? That flew by. You know, and always looking back, it always went by much faster. Right, you know, Annie had her second birthday yesterday. And you think, my gosh, where'd two years go? Right, it's like, I feel like she was born yesterday. But it's like looking back, it's like, God, where did all that time go? Your life on earth is the same way. You know, you're gonna be standing before Jesus and you're gonna think, golly, where'd all that time go? And that's why it's so important that we continue to remember that Jesus is a gift. That Jesus' gift, what he brought, was eternal life. And how amazing that is. All right, so let me jump back and read you number one. Don't worry. Two, remember Jesus is a gift. Number three, read your Bible. And we're talking about how to hold on to the excitement and the joy of Christmas. Right? A lot of times at Christmas, people are just happier. Uh, People just like, they're more giving. And not everybody, right? You might have somebody who's all like, I don't like Christmas. Right, right. Besides them, majority of the population is happy, right? People are just excited. The music, the decorations, the awesome food, right? You've had like so much pie. It's just like the most amazing time of the year, right? And people are just happy. And so then we lose that. So we're talking about how do you hold on to that? Number three is you read your Bible. Reading your Bible keeps your mind on the right track. Reading your Bible keeps your mind on the right track, right? Lots of people can say, you know, especially like kids in in youth, they can come up and say, man, I'm man, I haven't been living right, and I'm ready to start living right, you know? I just haven't been doing the right thing, and, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm ready to take that step. And, and that's amazing. We'll pray for them, you know? Uh, a lot of times it happens at camp. Camp's a huge time that that happens. Refresh, when we have ground zero three nights in a row. Kids are like, man, I just haven't been living right, and I want to start living right. And then we know just the mundaneness of life happens, and then they fall back into that, that rut. And one of the reasons is because you're not feeding on the Word. As you read the Word of God, the Bible says that the Word became flesh. Talking about Jesus. So when you read the word of God, you're actually holding Jesus in your hands because it says the word became flesh. The word, according to 2 Timothy, is the very breath of God. Men wrote it, but under the inspiration of God, right? They wrote it. God told them what to write. The Bible is the very breath of God. Think about for a minute that as you read your Bible, God begins to breathe on you. It can't help but change you. 
right? It can't help but keep your mind on the right track. As you start to worry, as you start to drift off into stress, as you start to drift off into anxiety and into, uh, you know, depression, and as you drift off into these things, the thing you have to do is you have to get back into the Word because it's constantly cleansing your mind, right? The Bible says don't conform to the world, right? Don't conform to the ways of the world, but transform, right? Renew your mind, by the word of God, and that's what we're supposed to do because we're behind enemy lines, right? We're in enemy territory. The devil's everywhere, right? Darkness is everywhere. It's all around us on billboards, magazines, the, the internet, movies, TV. Now, I'm not saying all that stuff is bad, right? But the devil would love to use it to tear you away from God, right? You know what his number one tool is? Is money. We all love money, right? We'd like to pretend like, oh, no, I don't. That's the root of all evil. yeah. Show me your checkbook and I'll show you what you love, right? And, and so we have to be so careful to stay in the word of God uh, and to not to drift off into the world. Have you ever heard the statement, don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good? Don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. A lot of you might think that's a verse. It's not. It's some random statement that some moron made, right? And it didn't die like it should have. And so people are like, well, I'm just not trying to be so, you know, heavenly minded. I'm no earthly good. That's why I bought a Ferrari. Right? I mean, you know, and that's just, you know, you know, I don't go to church because I'm just not trying to be too heavenly minded, you know. I've got to be in the world to help the world. That's not how it works. Colossians says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Pretty simple. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Think about the things of heaven. That's what we have to do. That helps us to be reminded that Jesus is a gift. That helps us to stay in the word of God is that we think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Doesn't mean, now listen, doesn't mean you don't buy a house. Doesn't mean you don't have nice cars, right? Doesn't mean you can't have a a Malibu V22 wake boat, right? You can have that stuff, dirt bikes, whatever Your thing is, right? You can have that. God wants to bless you, and God wants to take care of you. But when our mindset turns into this is all there is, so I have to, I'm going to just try to fill this hole, this void in my life with stuff, then we go down the wrong path. The Bible says that God wants to give you the desires of your heart, right? And God's not scared of, of cars, and, you know, God wants to take care of you. Just like Annie, for Christmas, she loves tents. You know, she loves to get on the bed, and she wants you to use your legs to hold the sheets up so she can sit under there. Right? And she loves, you know, she'll get on the bed, and she's like, tent, tent, tent. She wants to get under the covers. You know, hold these up with your arms for four hours. So we thought, let's go buy a tent. Right? So we went and bought her one, you know, this big castle-looking thing. And, and she gets in there and hides and reads books and plays with her little animals. And she'll go hide and sit in there real quiet. And then you come in there, and you're like, where's Annie? And she's bust out laughing. She thinks she's so clever. But it was joyful for us to give that to her. We wanted to give her that gift. We wanted her to have that and to be excited, right? And I'm human. I'm broken. I'm a broken man. How much more will God want to bless you, right? And that's how we have to stay heavenly minded. We have to stay focused, right? The Bible says that to seek ye, you know, seek the kingdom of God first. God talks about it. Jesus says, you know, I know you want all this stuff. That's cool. Doesn't bother me. Just go after heaven first, and then I'll give it all to you. 
right? Don't try to do it yourself. Don't try to claw and scratch and punch and climb your way up the ladder, but seek the kingdom of God first, and then I will give all these things to you. Colossians says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Psalms 119.105 says, your word, the Bible, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. As you read the word of God, it helps keep you on your mind on the right track. It's a lamp to guide your feet and a light to your path. You ever get and think, man, I wonder what I should do. Man, I wonder if I should do this or this. This job or quit this job or try this or do this. Or, man, I'm up for a promotion, but do I want to leave this crew that I'm with? You know, should I go back to school? Should I do this? Well, I just don't know what to do. The Bible says in Psalms 119 that his word is a lamp to guide your feet and a light for your path. As you read the Bible, God speaks to you. God begins to guide you. The thing you'll do is you'll be reading your Bible, and God will start to talk, and you'll think, oh, that's just me. That's just me. You'll get clarity on something, and you'll know exactly what to do, and you're like, oh, that's just me. Nope, that's God. Right? There's two voices you hear, light and darkness. Right? God or the devil. There is no you. The Bible does not clarify that there's a you in your head. Right? Now, you can, like, talk to yourself like a crazy person if you want to. But when you hear things in your heart, you know, I, I, used, to always, I used to always be confused about that. We, had, we, we used to live in Plainview uh, back when we were kids, and we had a basement, and we had this bed in our basement. So Ashley and I, we would, like, spend the night in the basement, you know. thought we were, like, camping in Antarctica, you know. And so we would go down there, and Dad would come down. He would tuck us in, and he would pray for us. It was like a little, a little bed, and we would get in there, and he would pray for us. And I would always be like, Dad, how do you hear God? He's like, in your heart. I'm like, is there, like, ears on the side of my heart that I that I hear from, like, I don't really get that. How come I can't hear him like I'm hearing you now? It's like, well, son, that's not how it works. I'm like, well, maybe I should take up this with God, you know, and we work something else out. And the thing about it is, is that your flesh is just designed to keep you alive on the earth. On the inside of you is your spirit. Now, we can't get into the whole spirit, soul, and body, but you have a spirit. That's what you are. That's what goes to heaven when you die. If I were to die right now, my spirit would leave my body and go to heaven. My body would stay here, right? But that's how you hear God is through your spirit, and that's why you think like, oh, you know, oh, what, did, what was that? I, you know, God begins to speak to you and you think, oh, that's just me talking to myself. And the reality is that it's God speaking to you. As you read the word of God, God begins to speak and guide you because his word is a lamp that guides your feet and a light to your path. And so number three is to read the word of God. Stay in the Bible. Here's the cool thing about the Bible. Number one is you can get on the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, your iPad, any type of tablet or smartphone, or even a desktop or laptop computer. You literally go to Bible.com, right? The awesome thing is they do the verse of the day. They'll give you a brand new verse that you can read every single day. If you're not used to reading your Bible, you don't know where to jump in, you don't know what to do, start with the verse of the day. You can set a reminder on your phone where it'll push it, you know, to your home screen at 8 in the morning. It'll be right there, and you can read it. Right, and you can read that. If you're more, you think, well, I need more than that. A great next step is right under the verse of the day, it says read full chapter. You can click on that and read the full chapter. An amazing thing that you can do too is just read two verses above and two verses below because it brings clarity to a verse. It can bring, you know, like, oh man, I didn't know that's what they were talking about or that's who they were talking to or that's what they meant here. And it can help bring clarity. Read the verse of the day. The other great thing on the YouVersion Bible app is they have reading plans. This is all 100% free. Thousands upon thousands of reading plans for depression, anxiety, fear, parenting, marriage, love, anything you can think of. They have it where you can select an emoji and it'll bring up plans according to that face. Right? So you can hit the smiley face. Oh, you're happy. Here's some reading plans for your happy life. 
right? You've got a sad face. Here's some reading plans for your sad life, right? And all of it's free. I mean, it just doesn't get any more simple than that. Here's the thing I want you to try to do this next week is I want you to try to read the verse of the day every day. I'd love for you to read it every day. Then I would like for you to begin to, in a week, in a seven-day period, read your Bible more than you don't read it. Read it more than you don't. Okay, don't, don't go five days without reading your Bible. Instead, go five days of reading your Bible. If you, like, read your Bible all week and think I need a break, Sunday's a great day to take a break because we're, like, doing the devotion thing right now. Right? So you can take Sundays off because you're at church. You don't have to. And if you want to, that's great. Dad does devotions, like, every day. Right? Torn- you know, have you seen the guy online who mows, you know, and the tornado's behind him? Have you seen that picture? Yeah, Dad does that with devotions. Like, Dad, hurricane's coming. I got finish devotions real quick, right? So dad does devotions every day. And you might get to that place in your walk with God, but just start small, start with the verse of the day and begin to read the word of God. It'll begin to change your life. A cool thing too, real quick before we move on is you can read the verse of the day, but then you can also read it a couple of times a day. Read it in the morning, read it on your lunch break and read it before you go to bed. And you just meditate and let that soak in. All right. The fourth thing that you can do to help keep the the magic alive of Christmas is keep on giving. Uh, Christmas time is the time that we give. We give gifts. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there's time we give love. We give joy, right? You know, you're, you know, maybe your mom, you know, you're all going to your mom's house and you know, call the siblings. And it's like, could y'all just get along just for me, just for a day, right? Y'all just don't fight. Don't scream at your brother. You know, we were kind of arguing at Christmas. I don't even know what we were talking about. And my mom just stopped and said, what is wrong with this family? And it's like, well, you know, we're pretty dysfunctional. But, you know, they can say that and you think, well, man, I'll I'll just be nice for this day. And so keep on giving. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25 says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. That's pretty basic. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything, right? The world has that the other way around, right? Don't give and you'll become wealthy, right? And so He's saying, give freely, become more wealthy, be stingy, and lose everything. This is one of dad's favorite verses, verse 25. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will then will themselves be refreshed. Now, the New King James says, those who water others will also be watered. We use this verse all the time with our volunteer ministries. As you give, as you water others, right, as you serve and power kids, you're watering, watering other kids, God's going to water your kids, right? As you're ground zero and you're serving with teenagers and you're pouring into their life by making cocomocas or working sand or keeping them from killing each other out in the parking lot, you're watering others, and so God's going to water you. Now, immediately what my mind goes to when I think about giving, right, is I think about the tithe and the offering, right? We're in church, and so that's what you think about giving. We think about money. And that's only one part of to keep on giving. And, and I think that that is a thing that you need to do. I think as you give uh, into the local church, as you support what God's doing right here in this city, I believe with all my heart, the word of God bears it out that you will be blessed, right? As you give, God's going to give it back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, which means that you're going to be trying to shove it down, God's going to give, and it's going to be pouring back over. But some other things that I can think of is, is friendship. Give more as a friend, right? With your family, give more. And I'm not talking about like more stuff or more gifts, but just more time, more love, right? More patience, right? Just, just more of those things. Give more of that throughout your year instead of 
you know, you have a lack of patience, you have a short temper, you're, you're too busy for everything, you know, you're too busy for your kids, you're too busy for family, you're too busy for friends, because you got all these things going on, and this year, give more, right? Give more. Give more love, give more patience, give more joy, give more happiness, right? Give more of that. You know, I think an amazing thing you can do every single week is you give them the tithe and the offerings right here in church. And that's a part of your Christian walk with God. That's a part of trusting God. We go back to don't worry. You're worried about money. An easy way to quit worrying is start giving. You're saying, God, I'm going to trust you with that money. I know it's not mine, but I trust you with it. But throughout your walk with God, throughout your day, throughout your time, throughout your time with your family, give more, right? Give more of your attention, Right? Just give more of your love, give more of your friendship, more of your time. Now, really briefly, I want to run back through these with you. We're talking about how to hold on to the excitement of Christmas. Number one, don't worry. Number two, remember Jesus is a gift. Three, read your Bible. And four, keep on giving. And you can do those four things throughout this year to help you to hang on to the joy and the excitement of the birth of Jesus and the free gift of eternal life. That this is not the the end. This is not all there is. There is more. God has a bigger plan. If you would bow your head and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that as we go throughout this year, as we move into 2018, Father God, I pray that you would help us to hold on to the excitement and the joy of Christmas, the joy of the birth of our Savior. Father, I pray that that joy would just be reignited in our heart and in our spirit of the free gift of salvation, the free gift of eternal life, that without you, that the wages of sin were death. But Jesus, your blood has cleansed us. You have set us free. You have welcomed us into your home and into your family. Father, and I pray that as we, as we give more, as, as we read our Bible, Father God, that you would help just reignite that and keep that going throughout our year. In Jesus' name, amen.